Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. This message is from Luke 19 verses 1 to 10, the story of when Jesus invites himself into Zacchaeus' home to share a meal together. Good morning. My name is Cy McMahon, uh, campus pastor here in Haywarden, so super glad that you've chosen to join us. Uh, this morning, whether join us online, thanks for being there. Uh, joining us in person it is an honor to get to celebrate what God is doing in our midst together. So, Pastor Shorts, I don't know where that came from. <clears throat> no idea the origin of that, uh, but here we go. So, yeah, this is my last Sunday before um, we start sabbatical on on Monday, and so we've never done that. So, our family has no idea what we're getting into, and. Um, <clears throat> should be interesting to say the least. And uh, when we when we come back in in August, um, we we might have something that we want to share. If we do that, we'll do it on a separate night. So stay tuned for that. I um, might invite you into something where we can share what we've learned or what what God did uh, for us in that. But the plan is just to rest and restore. And so we don't have a to do list of things we need to do while we're on sabbatical, it's really just to rest and renew and be restored uh, in the Lord. So this is 14 years of full-time ministry in our, in our first sabbatical, and so we're thankful for it. So thank you for the opportunity for me to get to do that, and I'm pumped. Uh, the team that is coming in to serve uh, at this campus uh, while we are gone is spectacular. And so you guys will be uh, uh, so pumped to have them sharing uh, the good news, the gospel, the word of God in a way that you can understand and respond. And so uh, pumped for that. It's a great team. You will enjoy every minute of it. And uh, yeah, we'll keep them in the mix as we go forward because they're, gonna, they're so talented. So the series we're doing is called At the Table. And the idea is that there's abundance at God's table. And so if you think about a lot of the examples that Jesus gives, he talks about the kingdom of God is like. And generally it's, it's talking about abundance. There's plenty of room at God's table. And so God is a God of abundance, and we're going to rest in that. We're also, we talk about how <clears throat> there is abundance at our tables. There's room at our tables at our house where uh, sometimes maybe we've, we've fenced off our tables and say only these people can enter. But the reality is that God has given us a gift of abundance so that we can share that with others and invite people in. Uh, and share with. And so today, the story that we're going to talk about, the, the story we're going to read from is in the book of Luke. Uh, so Luke is one of the four Gospels. So if you have a Bible, you can open up to the book of Luke. It's the second half uh, of the Bible. Um, so Luke was a, was a doctor. He did not walk with Jesus specifically, but he learned and interviewed those who did. And so he has a great sharing of the, of the life of Jesus in in the book of Luke. So we're going to go into the book of Luke, chapter 19. And we're talking about a guy named Zacchaeus. So if I say Zacchaeus, those of you who grew up going to Sunday school know a little song, right? I don't know the song. I didn't grow up going to church. 
Did not grow up in Sunday school. I do not know the song, but you do. Now, here's going to be the challenge this morning. As much as you want to, please do not break into song. <laughs> Bro was short. We know that. You say we, little man, and things can go off the rails in a heartbeat. So we're just going to leave it. I know you're thinking it. I wanted to acknowledge that. Let's just let it go. So Zacchaeus, short dude. Um, and so Jesus is on his way from the region of Galilee, uh, and he's headed to Jerusalem. So Galilee is kind of the neighborhood that Jesus is from, and he's headed to the area of Jerusalem. He's going through a city called Jericho. Right? And so Jericho has a ton of history in the Bible. The Israelites, when they first got to uh, Israel, when they were first coming into the promised land, they destroyed the city of Jericho, and God spoke a curse over that area, and it lived into that curse, and some would say it's still living into that curse even today. Um, and so rough town, Jesus is on his way into town, he runs into a fellow named Bartimaeus, blind Bart, and Jesus heals blind Bart so that he can see on the way into town. He's not to Jericho yet, he's on the road to Jericho, blind Bart yells at Jesus, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, I'm blind, want to see. Okay, your faith has healed you. I'm blind, I want to see. So then Jesus gets to Jericho, and, and it's hard for us to imagine how things worked. So like when someone famous was coming to town, like if somebody famous was coming, uh, let's say to Haywarden, Right? There would be a Twitter storm, there would be a Facebook storm, there would be an Instagram storm, like there would be so much chatter on these channels. And that didn't work in Jesus' day. The cell service was terrible. And so they had to do word of mouth. And so what would happen is, the closer Jesus got to a city, Jericho was a big town, people would start coming out looking for him. And as they would find him, they'd send one person back and say, hey, we found him, come Come to where we are. And then the crowds, he got closer to town, the crowd would get bigger and bigger and bigger. And as he entered town, people were waiting for him because they had heard about this fellow Jesus and all the things that he could do. And blind Bart had just gotten healed and everybody knew Bart. He was annoying and they were sick of him. Now we can see, like, what happened? Who is this guy? There's a huge crowd following him. And that's where we pick up the story. Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. This was not a planned stop. The goal was just to walk through Jericho to keep going to Jerusalem. Was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Don't sing the song. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When, he reached, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man 
came to seek and save the lost. This is a, there's so much in this passage. So, here's something that's lost in our context. Can I get a show of hands at home as well? Like, who loves the IRS? We got one hand back here. I think that was sarcastic. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that was probably sarcastic. Right? Like, nobody, nobody loves the Internal Revenue Service. Like, like, if you work for the IRS and you go back to your high school reunion, you don't lead with that. You don't. It's like, hey, what are you doing now? Oh, I, I live in the D.C. area. Oh, cool. What do you do? Well, I commute a lot. It's really busy. Yeah, uh, where do you work? I work out. No, what do you do for a living? I steal your money. (laughs) Did I say that out loud, Nancy? Like you don't want to, you don't want to talk about it. But like, but actually, Zacchaeus. This was this was worse. So Zacchaeus was Jewish, which Jesus says he was Jewish, and Zacchaeus raised the money so that the Romans could continue to oppress the Jewish people. So without Zacchaeus collecting the funds, the Romans wouldn't have enough funds to have the army in place so that they could kill the Jewish people. A little different than the IRS, yeah? And so... It is likely, right, we can't know this. There weren't Twitter polls back in the day. It is likely Zacchaeus was the most hated man for sure in Jericho, potentially in that entire region of the known world. He was the chief tax collector. He was the main man. All the other tax collectors gave him the money, and everyone hated them. Hate Because they were responsible for the oppression, for the, the murder. For a long time, the Jews believed that the Romans were responsible. That's why there had not been any prophets for so long because of the oppression of the Romans. And so their freedom, the freedom they were hoping for, looking for, was based on them getting freedom from the Romans first so that God could show So people, every person in Jericho knew somebody who'd been beaten, tortured, punished, put into slavery by the Romans because of taxes. So I have a question for you. Can you sit here right now? Can, if we get quiet for 30 seconds or quiet-ish uh, for 30 seconds, don't worry kids, keep it up, it's fine. Um, if we can get quietish for just a few seconds, could you think of someone you hate? It doesn't have to be someone close, like even somebody far away. It's easy to hate people who are far away. We don't have to see them all the time. But like, can you think of someone who you just hate? Like anytime you think of their name, like something just rises up inside of you. Right, there's, there's the big ones from history that I think all of us can get behind, uh, that not a good person, probably pretty easy to dislike, 
But do you have any ones that are personal to you? Because the hate, the hate that the Jewish people had for Zacchaeus was personal. Who do you hate? Like it's pretty easy, we can hate Hitler. Hitler murdered 20 million people for no reason. He was just a psychopath. I've been to Cambodia a number of times. A, a person there who's not very well known here, but is really well known there, his name is Pol Pot. He was responsible for the, the genocide of over four million Khmer people, Cambodians. They, they don't love him. Who do you hate? Like we can all we can all get behind like we hate child molesters. If you've had somebody who's been impacted by addiction, maybe maybe you know somebody who's been impacted by addiction. Maybe you know somebody who you love who has died from an overdose. Do you hate drug dealers? Who do you hate? Who do you hate? And why do I keep talking about this? Verse 9. Luke 19, verse 9. Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, the most hated man in the region. In, in today's, the way laws were today, Zacchaeus would be charged with murder every time the Romans killed somebody. Conspiracy to commit murder. He'd be charged with murder. That's Zacchaeus. Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Salvation has come to Zacchaeus' house, the most hated man in the region. At the time, the most hated man of all time, Zacchaeus, Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. For you. So here's, here, if you take notes, here's something to write down. Grace, the grace of God is offensive. The grace of God is offensive. And here's why. Because people you don't like will be in heaven. People you can't stand be in heaven. Because the grace of God is huge. How do I know? Right? We have the story. It doesn't say in here, in here anyway that Zacchaeus was, was hated. It just says he was the chief tax collector. But what we know about them is they were horrible. They were viewed as horrible people. So the grace of God is something that is, 
is so powerful. So powerful. That regardless of what you have done, the grace of God is available to you. Regardless of what someone you know and love has done, the grace of God is available to them. I know because it's, it's true for me. I wasn't a good person. Paul, he's the guy who wrote most of the New Testament. He says that he's the worst of all sinners. And my thing is, like, I I would have to be second place. God saved me. Here's the next interesting part of this passage is that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He said, hey, I want to see who Jesus is. And so Zacchaeus runs ahead, which is embarrassing. So a grown man running in in that day and time was was unheard of. No one would would do it. It would lower your stature in society if someone saw you running. Totally embarrassing. Zacchaeus runs ahead in front of all these people. Then he climbs a tree. Trees were not supposed to be climbed by grown men wearing dresses. You feel me? Zacchaeus runs ahead. He climbs a tree because he wanted to see Jesus. But what actually happened? Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, what happened? He looked up. If we went back to the story of blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus was just making a fool. He was shouting. He was shouting, son of David, have mercy on me. He was shouting. He was shouting, trying to draw attention to himself. Zacchaeus just wanted to see who Jesus is. He's the most hated person on the planet He just wants to see who Jesus is. He's not expecting anything. He runs ahead. He climbs a tree. And when Jesus gets there, Jesus sees Zacchaeus. It's not the other way around. You can end up in church because you think you've, you've got something to... You've got to get something figured out. You've got to fix something. You have to change something. Jesus sees you where you are. Jesus sees you as you are. Warts. Dirty, broken, hurt, happy, joyful. He sees you as you are, where you're at right now. And if you're coming in to this place, if you're coming into this moment today and you're hurt and you're broken and you aren't sure why you ended up in this place at this time, Jesus sees you. 
And you don't have to qualify for anything. Right? Isn't that part of the, the process we go through? Is like, well, I better get my stuff together. If I don't get my crap together, I can't go to church. I'm like, what? No. That's not the goal. Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Had Zacchaeus changed? No. Zacchaeus was still the chief tax collector. He was still hated. He was still involved with the oppression and beating and stealing and murdering of his own people. Still a part of it. When Jesus looked at him and said, Zacchaeus, today I must eat at your house. Jesus saw Zacchaeus. So you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to get your poop in a group before you can show up at church. Because Jesus sees you where you are as you are. Mistakes and all, it doesn't matter. His goal is not to find you perfect. It's not to find you mistake-free. His goal is not to find you clean. Jesus says, for the Son of Man, he's referring to himself, came to seek and save the lost. His expectation is, Jesus' expectation is that we are going to be lost and he's going to have to find us. Doesn't that give you a little bit of relief? If you're in the room and you have children, I'm, I'm going to talk to you right now. If you don't have kids, kick back, relax. But if you have kids, I want you to understand this, what this moment of relief means for you. You can't make your kids believe anything. You cannot save your kids. Regardless, right? Do you think Zacchaeus' parents are proud of him? It's like, oh, look at my boy stealing from his people. Isn't that great? You think that his mom went to coffee and be like, well, you know, my son Zacchaeus, he's the chief tax collector. Isn't that amazing? He worked his way up. Stealing, pillaging. He's finally made it. I was so worried about that boy. No. Right? And parents, we, we get so concerned. And that's human nature. But here's the deal. Jesus sees all of us, including our children, wherever they are, in whatever state he finds them. His grace is enough for them too. Relax. Do your best. It's not your job. You can't save them. Only Jesus can do that.
Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He has something that no one else has. He sees us where we are, as we are there, regardless of what we look like, how we feel, he sees us where we are. However you came into this place this morning, whatever mess you created this morning before you came here, and however you are trying to pretend that everything's okay, right? We, we worked on this last week. Remember, you're supposed to tell the truth. How's your Sunday going? Great! Last week I gave you a little inside, you know, inside the life of a pastor. I'll give you one more. Uh, my wife stayed in Omaha. Our niece graduates Monday night. Very convenient for family out of town. And so we went down to the party yesterday. She stayed so she can go to the graduation. I had to bring the kids back because I, I get to be here this morning and kids have the school uh, this week. So we come back. And so this morning... I get a wonderful telephone call from my children while I'm here, and they're at home, and they're telling me about what's happening at the house. I can't do anything about it. It is what it is. That is, that is after lunch size problem. <laughs> right? Not, not right now size problem, that's after lunch. Just going to have to deal with it later because there's nothing I can do now. Right? And, and that's what we have to realize is that the messes that we've made, the messes that you've made, the messes that I've made, Jesus knows about. And he loves you anyway. The mess you made this morning the mess you made last week, the mess you made last year, the mess you're going to make tomorrow, Jesus knows about and he loves you because his grace is enough. His grace is enough. Here's where we get caught. We like to rank sin, don't we? None of you have said this for years. But when you were a kid, you said something to the effect of, well, at least I'm not as bad as, insert the name of your brother or sister. <laughs> or the cousin, right? The bad cousin. <laughs> Come on. Everybody had one. Well, we don't say his name anymore. <laughs> Jesus loves him too. Right? We like to rank sin. And, and somehow we think, well, like, well, I'm not as bad as Zacchaeus. Whatever. Same grace. Same grace. The ranking of sin is a human thing. It's not a God thing. God doesn't. I'm just as despicable as Zacchaeus. And, grace is, and God's grace is enough for me. To have freedom in him. To the glory of God. God's grace is enough for you. Regardless of the message you've made. It's enough. So today. 
this entire series, we have this wonderful opportunity to take something called communion. So communion is a gift that God gave us, that Jesus gave us an example of. These bags are really handy until about right now. Don't look at the back. It's going to bother me. So Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he, he, he saw what was, was coming. He knew what was going to happen, and his disciples didn't have a clue yet, even though he told them three times what was going to happen. They didn't understand. They were doing this thing called the Passover meal, and the Passover meal was very routine. It was very regimented. The Jewish people didn't, a lot of people couldn't read Uh, There wasn't a lot of people who could write, and so in order to remember things, they shared stories, and they created festivals and meals around important things so that it would be more memorable, so that each step would be tied to a part of the story, and so that was what Jesus was doing with his disciples. And at one point in the meal, he took bread, and it didn't look like this, it was unleavened, which you don't even know, we don't know what that even means, but it was. It was flatter. Think pita bread. He took the bread and he broke it. And see, this is the part of the story where he starts talking about the Passover lamb. That's what he's supposed to talk about. And then Jesus says, this is my body. Broken for you. Right? And it's, gonna, it's one of those moments where, where if you were at the meal, if you were at the meal with Jesus, you probably would have choked on your wine. You'd be like, that's not what you're supposed to say. Did Jesus forget? Wait, Jesus just replaced him. This is going to be controversy. Jesus knew what he was doing. He said, this is my body. It's broken for you. Think of me as often as you eat of it. So then later in the meal, there's a cup, the fourth cup. It's a cup of redemption. And Jesus takes that cup. Again, there are specific words he was supposed to say. Everyone who was in the room knew what was supposed to happen at this point. And Jesus said... This cup, it's a new covenant in my blood. A new covenant in my blood. Remember me as often as you drink it. Jesus totally flipped the script. And it, he took... He took everything from, here's a set of rules, follow the set of rules and be good. And he flipped it to grace. He flipped it to grace. And he said, it's about me, it's about a relationship with me. I'm gonna let my body be broken, I'm gonna let my blood be spilled and these two things give you access to the Father. It's not based on anything that you've done. Everything that you have done doesn't matter in the face of my 
grace. My grace washes over all of it. Last week we talked about mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Today we talk about grace. Grace is about getting something we don't deserve. We don't deserve access to God the Father. Jesus gives us that by the breaking of his body and the spilling of his blood. He gives us access to the Father. And when we do communion, we get to participate in that access. And I don't really know how it works. Right? It's something that's really, it's mysterious, it's, but it's a gift that Jesus gave us directly from Jesus to us. Do this in remembrance of me. And so that's what communion is. It's a chance for us to remember what Jesus did. It's a chance for us to be reminded of the grace that we need to be in relationship with God. The grace we need to be in relationship with God. I need grace. You need grace. All of us do. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.